Welcome everybody to the GBO podcast where we're talking Gamecock basketball only. Brought to you by Modern Exterminating. We know what bugs you. As always, I'm Sumter. And I'm Bryce. Bryce, how you doing today? I'm in a good mood and it's because the Gamecock men decided to say, you know what? We're not going to be in last place. We're going to win a game on the road. It's that's of, where we win games, on the road in the SEC. It's kind of amazing, wasn't it? Like, Who would have thought LSU would be just be tanking? 14-game losing streak. Yeah, yeah, just hey, with with the guy we wanted. I mean, I mean, Matt McMahon was the GBO number one, you, you know, guy we wanted. Well, after Sean Miller, there might have been a time. Where, sure, sure. Once we realized that Sean Miller was available, I think we wanted Miller. But uh, but before Miller even was a thing, McMahon was our guy. I think if you go back to we did a pod early in the season about potential Frank replacements. And we talked Matt McMahon. We also liked Adam, uh, not Adam Kennedy, Andy Kennedy at UAB, who we still like. But uh, Still like him a st- lot. Still like Andy Kennedy. But, but yeah, but Matt McMahon, Trey Hannibal, like, like um, we beat them. And they're not good. They're not good. And we started the game with five three-pointers, made our first five threes. Yeah. Gigi Jackson back in the starting lineup. I th- was that more because Chico Carter didn't travel, or did Gigi earn his spot back? What think, do you think? I think Gigi's earning his spot back. I mean, like I think this is something that Paris is working out with the kid, and um, and he's he's going through some growing pains, he's playing on a losing team, having to having to play with a new coach. You, you know that, um, and I think he, I think he got his spot back. He shouldn't be in the doghouse forever. And speaking of players out, so you had Chico Carter out and Ford Cooper Jr., and it was pretty evident that we didn't have a lot of guards because we had Sparkman, the walk-on, having to play some minutes during this game. It was a weird game where you had Michi and you had and you had Jacoby Wright, and that's really all of the proven guards that you had. And I guess, do you call Zachary Davis a guard anymore? I think he's been playing a lot of small forward. Yeah, but he's a guard. I think he, I think he comes in as a guard. He handles the ball a little bit. Like, like in a pinch, I think he plays guard. But This was kind of those game, one of those games that if Michi or Jacoby Wright got in foul trouble, we were going to be in trouble fast because of just bodies at guard. Yes. But you know what? They didn't do that. They didn't do that. And also Jacoby Wright, Game of his life. I think this is better than the Georgia game where he hit the four threes. He hit five threes. So the four threes of the Georgia game all came in. the. Let's do this. The Georgia game was the half of his life. This game was the game of his life. Um, he, he was just he was just great. Like um, hitting threes, hitting shots, doing exactly what we needed from him. We've been saying this for a while about him. His development and the fact that he is a core player to potentially a starting caliber point guard by the end of his sophomore year in the SEC. It, it's kind of unbelievable. It, it's I, I did not see this coming on the preview. You know, when we previewed this team at the start of the year, Jacoby Wright being one of our five best players, one of our six best players, was not something I, put I thought our, was... I put him in our top five best players right now. Right now, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hands yeah. down. He's starting to be the most consistent three-point shooting guy, even though because Michi's up and down. But Michi was hitting threes from you know Lexington County, yes. Or do you say New Orleans because they were in Baton Rouge? 
uh, win in Rome, Bryce. Win in Rome. I like that. <laughs> I've never been able to use that phrase correctly in my whole life. Anyway, we start the game, five threes, 15 to five. We have to have LSU call a timeout because they didn't know what, they hit, what hit them. Hurricane yeah. Gamecock yeah. Like, came through. Like it, it was like we were doing a, a bizarro Gamecock where we got off to a fast start. Is it is it that we get off to the fast start on the road and we don't get off to the fast start at home? Is that what is that what's going that, on? That's exactly what happens. And I looked at that. The LSU fans on TV, they were just like, here we go again. This team's terrible. Yeah. Like usually we don't play teams that are like this. I don't know if we can beat these guys when they're playing the Gamecocks. Because that's how it looked. And <clears throat> their center, was it Williams? Yeah. He's, I would take him. I mean, he was the star player from the OVC conference at Murray State. Um, but outside of that, Trey Hannibal didn't play as many minutes. You know, he played early, a lot more minutes early in the year, and he's kind of dropped off. But I still would like him on the team. He would have been a nice warm body Yeah, as a guard. But just early on the game, we get up early. They kind of get it to where I think it's 22-20, pretty close. And then, I mean – we kind of stayed up by four to six, four to eight, most of the game. And then we win by what? Nine. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was kind of amazing. It didn't even get close. Like, I mean, four points is somewhat close. I was just, I, I did not sweat in the, in the second half. How many times have we been up in the fourth quarter of a game, win or lose this season. And you didn't tweet danger zone at some point in time. And it's not because I love Kenny Loggins. <laughs> yeah. No, because it they they weren't really in the danger zone. They just kind of brought it home. I mean, and they were confident the whole time. And the LSU crowd was ready to take a nap. With with, I mean, it looked like a Colonial Life Arena crowd out there. You know, <laughs> like, but with three minutes, Jacoby Wright hit that big three. It was kind of a dagger. The dagger him, for sure. Put him up about twelve or thirteen, I think, and just it was it was over. It was great. And did you guys did you see the stat lines? You had Gigi had twenty. Hayden had around what 14 16. He played great. We need to we need to talk about this for a second. Ever since I've been complaining about Hayden, I need to keep on complaining about him because he is finishing strong. Yeah. And making layups. Does he still bother you when he when he tries to finish at the rim instead of dunking? No, well, sometimes. I was I was setting you up to complain. I was uh, no, up to sometimes, complain. but I will say this, he does get screwed a lot on block charge calls. It's always a block when he gets there. It doesn't matter if he's there or not. They just go like this. This guy has a mullet. He's from, he's from Greer, South Carolina. Let's give him a block. It's because, and, and maybe we'll go ahead and transition here. It's because he's eight inches shorter than the guy's garden. Like in the in Vanderbilt, okay? Liam, Liam Robbins right. just owns Hayden Brown because he's eight inches taller. And and here and we, their guy had a couple inches on him, but he was not as athletic as anyone on Vandy. Right, right. But but just like like and and so, um, you, you know they play Vandy early in the week and get killed at home. And part of that is that we can't. If you've got a good big man, it's over. You, you know, as, as like like you've if got you have a big, dominant big man. Correct. That yeah. Like, like but LSU had a dominant big guy who just didn't have a dominant game. That's that's fair. I mean, Josh Gray didn't score a lot of points. Great defense all night. And when he wasn't in there, I was screaming at the TV to the only, Lamont to put him in because he, every time he's in, he affects the rim, just I like mean, you say. I mean, we've been – It's I, a broken I record. I don't know why people are tuning in 
to to it. Like like Josh Gray not playing is the new we need to fire Frank Martin. You know, but but just like <laughs> like it, it, he only played twenty minutes. He only played twenty minutes, and every time he was in, he shut that guy down. And every time he was out, it was it was a, it was just a bucket. It was just a layup. And I hey, have, layup city. And I have to give a shot at, shot out a shout out to BBV who had a breakaway pass dunk. There you go. I'm hating on the guy all year. Yeah, but he at, at one time he caught the ball and dunked and said, "You know what? He looked pretty decent there." Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the game it didn't do that well. But anyway, shout out to BBV for his one big play. Now, question for you. Um, on the on the preview show that we did, we we were pretty offended that the coaches picked us to finish last in SEC play. All right. And then we got into SEC play, and we're like, "Yep, maybe they, maybe this was right on the money that we're that we're gonna finish last." Bryce, I don't think we're gonna finish last. We are twelfth right now. We're a game up on Ole Miss, but then we have a t- you know we won one and lost one against them. So I'm assuming it goes between. There has to be some second tiebreaker if it gets to that situation. But what's great about that? What we need an investigation into how they decide who is twelfth and thirteenth in the SEC. You, you, you know, like. But yeah. when in terms of. If we finish the season 12th, which is a possibility, Frank Martin would say we did better than expectations because he lived off that for years when we were picked 12th, 11th, 10th, and we finished 7th. He'd be like, I mean, we had a great year, and then we missed the NIT. Two spots higher than expectations. He would so say that in a press conference. I could just feel it. Can we get I mean, a reporter even, to go up to UMass and just – Even in a rebuilding season, even 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 when we were rebuilding, finish it. Finished better than we exceeded expectations. Can we get Phil Cornblue to make it up to UMass and ask, you know, Frank if South Carolina, you know, were better than expectations this year and how he felt I, about it? I would love, love, love for somebody to ask Frank about South Carolina this year and to just get a rant from him. And then when he goes on this rant, we'll say, well, Frank, you're in last place and, in the A10. And yeah. to, where, to, to where these A10 reporters are like looking or like Googling South Carolina's schedule, just being like, <laughs> Were, were, were the Gamecocks the best team in the ACC last season? Like, what's this dude talking about? <laughs> well, anyway, the Gamecocks win. Great game all around by our starters. You have Zachary Davis logging some minutes. Um, the guy from Charlotte, I keep forgetting his name. Hank and Sanford? Hank and Sanford even got a few minutes, but I think it's because Josh Gray or BBV did something so bad. I remember looking at the bench and him screaming for him to come in. <laughs> Because having a little Frank Martin moment, had a Frank Martin moment. Didn't yeah. tell the player to go, you know, go somewhere, but eh. he let someone know that you know he was displeased. But anyway, we win. We're in twelfth in the league, and if you think an SEC tournament, the eleventh, twelfth, thirteenth, and fourteenth team play on that Tuesday. I think we're firmly in there, but it's better us playing Ole Miss, who could be thirteenth, instead of I believe Mississippi State, who's tenth in the league. And right now, us. currently, yeah. right. So, I mean, it's all about matchups, and at least need to be in the right matches. I know we're talking SEC tournament already because you know we have a few games left, but even a big game on the schedule coming up on Wednesday. Number well, one, Alabama coming into town. Now they did lose one time one time last week. Yeah, but number one, number two, number three coming into town Wednesday night, nine o'clock tip, which is the worst tip. It's terrible. That's ever been picked by the SEC I, network. I love, I love, love, love the SEC 630 start. 
Because like the issue with the six thirty start is getting there on time. I mean, you're you know, you're a classic five to ten minutes late oh, to the six thirty. If if it's a six thirty game and I'm there before the sixteen minute TV timeout, you, you know the first of the first half. That's a things that's a are win. good. That's didn't a hit any lights. That, that, that's a win. Got out of you know didn't get held up at work. Like like that's a win. Um, Alabama beat Georgia by like forty eight points. It was like 104 or 108 to 59. Yeah. It was something stupid. And you were texting uh, us, a group, one of the group chats we're in, about some stat where they've beaten, where since they've beaten three opponents by 40 or more points. That's correct. Okay. It's kind of scary. But just let's go back memory lane a little bit, Sumter. I like to live in the past. I don't know about you. I'm oh, a yeah. Gamecock basketball fan, so I have to live in the past. Do you? Because, I mean, the past isn't that great. Well, let's think about this for a second. Our men, last they, we don't have a lot of 9 o'clock games. They're probably only one or two at most a year. Yeah. And then they're usually either, you know, maybe get one home game a year, 9 o'clock. And a few years back, we were playing Kentucky on a 9 o'clock tip one night. And this I was going to be pre-COVID. And I was contemplating with my wife going, do we even need to go to this game? Because, you know, Kentucky, we either beat Kentucky or we lose by 20-plus. Is this the game? Is this the game? This is the buzzer beater game. Yeah, I, I know the game that you're talking about. Did your wife end up going to the game? She ended up going to the game. Okay, so it's it's a different game than than one of my favorite stories about about taking about a, a teacher friend of ours coming with us and like there's three teachers and we get a we get an email as we're walking into the nine o'clock tip that we're on a two hour delay the next day, <laughs> which was just glorious. But anyway, but, uh, we go yeah. we go um, we hit up that restaurant. There used to be like a Mexican place that was next to right before the Gervais Street Bridge next to UPS, and it's closed down now. Any idea what that name was? I don't I don't remember. It's past Twisted Spur. It was on Gervais Street. On Gervais Street, right before the bridge. You know, you have those five shops. Sausaritas? No, 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 no. I'm talking way down 20 feet before the Gervais Street Bridge. There's a UPS and a couple little stores right there on the bridge. You're touching the bridge. I have no idea anyway, what you're talking about. There's a Mexican restaurant that was there in that little tall two-story building right there that has okay. the five places. And they're closed now, but me, my wife, and a coworker are there eating and we're like, man, these late night games, let's hope we have a chance, you know, win one, you know, have a close one. Cause you don't, you either at halftime, you want the game to be over. Yeah. Or you want it to be closer winning to where you can win. Well, it comes down to, we're up to with what? 15 seconds left. Kentucky drives down. They make a fadeaway eight footer, eight, 10 footer. And you know, they tie it up six seconds left. Cousinard gets the ball. It took the lead. No. It tied. It was tied. It was about to go to overtime. Okay. I'm positive. And Cousinard drives down and makes a 35-footer off the glass, and we win. And it's, it was just so great because, you know, we're in the Kentucky section. Yeah. And behind the visitor bench, and just those Kentucky fans thinking they're hot doo-doo. There's and, nothing better than beating Kentucky. And they're just thinking that they're, they're, their crap don't stink. And when, when really we win, they just, they just walk, they don't even acknowledge you the good game. They just walk yeah. out. Crying, but anyway, that was a nine o'clock tip. So that was, I think they were in the top ten at the time. Actually, we, I mean, I have a one of my least favorite stories of going to a game was a nine o'clock game against Mississippi State when it was it was Mike Coates' our senior year, 
And um, they were like 13 or 14, and we ended up taking them to overtime. Uh, we, we ended up taking them to overtime, and uh, I want to say like Felipe Hase hits like a three to send it into overtime or something. Okay. And uh, game ends up going to like 11.30. Somebody had broken into my wife's car when we got it. I ended, we, we ended up getting back at home at like 2, 3 in the morning. It was, it was terrible. So it's either something great that happens... But for the for the Gamecocks, but for the Gamecocks, they they won. They ended up winning this game in overtime. But you, you go you know, to bed what three a.m. I was miserable. Uh, but uh, but yeah, but so so it, anything can happen at nine o'clock at night on the streets of Columbia and in the arena. That's correct. That's correct. So so we're playing number three Alabama, number one, number two, number three, depending when the polls come out. Nine o'clock Wednesday night. That's right. What do um what's gonna I'm what's smelling gonna I'm smelling a twenty point. Vegas line on the game by Alabama by 20 plus. I'm smelling that. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, I think take Alabama. If that's the line, (laughs) that's what I think. Like, Hey, we're either going to lose by 30 plus or maybe we win by one. Yes, possibly. Um, Gigi would need to have 40 plus points. Hayden Brown and Meech. We might need to hit 22 threes. I'm already angry. (laughs) I'm already angry about the fact that we're going to be down by 20 at halftime and it'd be 10 p.m. in Colonial Life and me and me debating leaving or staying. Like, like I'm already upset about that. What if I buy you a, a $10 beer and a $5 cinnamon roll? Uh, that would be better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that would help. Th- that would Shout help. out to the cinnamon roll lady that's on the on the concourse, local business, just selling huge cinnamon rolls. We 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 could. How, how do you get one of these stands? Does she just set up a table? It looks like she literally set up a makeshift table. Do, 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 do does the arena even know that she's there? I mean, she's there. She can't just be showing up, you know, from the street. I mean, can we can, can we bake some cookies or something and sell those? I mean, I think yeah. she has cookies too. Oh, I'm just okay. telling you, it's a perfect. If you want a little snack, it's awesome. But anyway, um, let's see what happens on Wednesday, and. Before we get to that, though, Go ahead. one more thing about the men, right? Did you make it for Valentine's Day to the Vandy game? I did not because I wanted to stay married, but I watched the replay. I know, guilty. Sorry, guys. I didn't it was make me. it either. And can I tell you, I looked at the score at halftime. It was 38 to 18, and I was just like, thank God I didn't go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now switching gears. Now on to the women. <laughs> On to the women, indeed, Bryce. Oh, boy. Uh, so w- we need to make a confession. If you've listened to the first uh, tw- you know, 18, 20 minutes of the pod here, you'll, you'll notice that we didn't talk about that nail-biter that just happened. We recorded. We, we had a scheduling issue. We weren't going to be able to record tonight. We recorded the men's portion of this during halftime of the women's game and are now just back on. And oh boy, Bryce. We almost had to re-record this pod because the it, the if we would have lost that, that game, it would have been a different feeling of the yes, pod. Yes. Woo! <laughs> we're y'all, we're literally live like like twenty five like, seconds after the game. After the game reacted to this. And right I, now. I hope that the team doesn't even take showers. They just run to the bus and get the heck out of Dodge. Yeah, just 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 leave town. Oh my goodness, Bryce! Pick we, up some Chick Fil A on the way out of town. Yeah, I don't think they have rushes out there. Oh, it's Sunday. Never mind. Oh, and ugh. ooh, if they had a rushes, that would yeah. be nice. Yeah, maybe, maybe just wait 
get some rushes when you get back to Columbia tonight. Maybe they should throw some toilet paper in the in the grove on the way out. Oh my goodness, we got to talk about. But this. the women, so the women, they were kind. Of, I'm not. Gonna, they were in like a close within four points almost the whole game. Yeah, until OT close. and. Boston missing three out of four free throws down the stretch. Felt it for her. She had her wrist taped up. Maybe that affected it, but at least she didn't miss four out of four free throws down the stretch. But yeah, then we have what two seconds left, and they throw it up, and Boston gets a good look with two seconds. But let's talk about it. Cook had a great game. Oh, she had fourteen points early. What did she Mm. finish with? I think she was like twenty-two, something like that. It's going to be more than that. It was twenty-one when she hit the uh, when she hit a shot in the fourth quarter. Uh, Like I said, y'all, we're just reacting to this right now. It's like twenty-five. I think is what it's going to be. Twenty-four points. Yeah. Without her today, we just didn't have the offensive power, and the defense. While it was there, I mean, we held them to fifty-seven points. It's not like we. It's just the offense was so bad today. If yeah. it wasn't for Cook, we might not even broke 40 points today. That's true. But it's kind of like what we've been saying all week, or, or all season, I mean. Um, it doesn't matter. Like, we're able to prevent them from scoring. It, it It's okay. Like, like, as long as this team keeps winning, which we did today, which they did today. And it was ugly. It doesn't matter. I don't care. I do not care. As long as this team keeps winning, I'm not going to complain about a thing. So now let's talk about this. We were fortunate there. We dodged a bullet. Fortunate there to get to overtime because I think Boston pushed that girl. They didn't call Boston and, you know, they had a ball, what, tied 55-55. 55-55, yeah. The girl drives and Boston gets a little shove. Oh, and yeah. the ref does not blow the whistle. If that was the men, that would have been called. It would have been called. It, you know, it's funny. We, we were, if y'all caught us talking on the, um, if, if y'all caught us on Keith Allsep's pod that we went on this week, we were talking about Gamecock the pod daily. Yeah. We were talking about the, the, he, he made us do a few minutes on the Super Bowl and we were talking about calling penalties, you know, down the stretch at the end of the game. Refs kept the refs didn't blow the whistle. Let the, they let the players play. They let them take it to overtime and the women showed up finally in overtime. It was and, a great overtime. We were sweating it, watching it. Oh man. And the def- the defense was shut down. Yeah. In that overtime, we hold them to two points, and they didn't really have a clean look at all outside of their first basket they at, made. Uh, out rebounded them. You, you know, like clutch shots from Boston, Cardoso, yeah. Cook, just yeah. daggers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cook came out of Cook came out in overtime. It was just assertive. Like, like on that, like in that first possession, she gets that little pass and she just, and she, she just goes two steps, pulls up, knocks it down. I felt really good after that happened. Well, when you're leading, that is, that is a good feeling. When when you hit the first bucket of overtime, it's a good feeling. When your players, like if I had been an old Miss fan there, I would not have been happy about that going to overtime. Oh, sure. I mean, their chance to win it was during the regulation for sure. Yeah. But. Let's talk about this. So, outside of Cook, Boston gets a double-double with 13 and 11, but we just had no one that could score buckets. Cardoso got a few of her layups that she usually does, but Cardoso's defense was a struggle most of this game. Bree Hall only got like two minutes. Amahair had a few turnovers. Watkins came in you know, towards the end. Raven Johnson, her and, between her and Fletcher – just average games. This was a recipe for a loss for 
any other team in women's college basketball. I mean, it was a recipe for a loss for us. This this is this the, was the game that the one point or one bucket loss what we had you know the couple yeah. last year that could have been this game and somehow we, it wasn't and and we talked about this we talked about this last Sunday you know coming into this how how this is kind of like a trap game for them like Ole Miss is probably the second or third best LSU is better so Ole Miss is probably the third best team in the SEC right they they're tied for fourth but they're I mean they're up there for they're, sure. they're up there and um and just. Like this was coming off Sunday at UConn, Sunday at home with a sellout at CLA, you know, like then going into Ole Miss. I mean, it's a trap game. It's it's been a it's been a roller coaster for the women, and they and they delivered. You, you know, they went up to they went up to Hartford and delivered. They came home and delivered. You know, and this wasn't on everybody's minds, except it was on Ole Miss's mind, and it's kind of what Dawn's been talking about how we get everybody's best game, um, and they did not get our best game, but it was good enough to win. It was a a completely average game, and we still won. Yeah, that's a pretty good sign. Yeah, if we play average, other team plays their you know almost their best. But I will I, I may I think we chuckled watching the end of the game when the um, ESPN commentators were talking about or the SEC network I guess they're under ESPN. They were talking about how you know this might be news to everyone else, but Ole Miss has a good home home court advantage, and it was sixty five hundred fans, and we both just chuckled like yeah. We averaged more than double that. Yeah, I mean, like we had but for a women's that. crowd. You know, I mean, it was pretty loud on the TV. We had triple that. You know, last last Sunday, right at Colonial Life. Uh, one thing that I do want to say, and it's it's what we've been preaching all season that it doesn't matter with this team. They were twenty. The Gamecocks were twenty three for sixty one from the floor today. What percentage is that? You're a 30, math. You're 30, a math guy. Thirty seven point seven. Didn't do that one in my head. I was looking at it. Okay. Ole Miss was twenty three for sixty three. Like like we didn't have we we had a terrible offensive game. All right, they had a slightly worse offensive game. If you had on your bingo card this week that the men were going to have a better shooting, <laughs> we, a better shooting game than the women did I, I, in the I games this weekend, that. I really? That yes, okay. sometimes the, the women sometimes don't shoot well. The the big hurt for us offensively, I think, is less the field goal percentage. As it was, fifteen turnovers. That's a lot. You, you know, like usually we only average, like, I think, six or seven. Yeah, that's high. So fifteen turnovers to Ole Miss is nine. Um, you, you know, Ole Miss won a handful of uh, of these stats that we almost always dominate. Um, yeah, like other than Boston, the team shot pretty well from the free throw line. But anyway, yeah. they ran out of town, and I hope we don't. I guess we don't play in Ole Miss for another two years, and I'm glad because that was a scary game that we won. And and don't guess what? Another scary game on the road. Yeah. Come Thursday at Tennessee, <sighs> which I believe is third in the league. Yeah. So I might. I really and they won today. I really hope. We almost jinxed this game by trying to get cute and record the men's version we, at halftime. We got cute. Yeah, this is this is on us, everybody. Everybody's almost heart attack. We promise to do better next week. We, we will do better next week, and so I'm gonna go ahead and walk back, calling Ole Miss the third best team in the SEC. They might be the third best team in the SEC. Tennessee might be the third well, best. Tennessee team in the has SEC. a few, lo- a pretty good. I mean, I think they have what seven or eight losses this year, but I believe like six of them are two top 10 teams or top 15 teams. So they have the capable players to beat us. If we have an average game at Tennessee, they're going to have a good amount of, you know, probably have 12, 13,000 fans there. If we play like we played today at Tennessee, 
I think we can lose that game. It's possible. Yeah, and, and but we um, can't complain or look forward to no. the losses because this team hasn't lost yet. And yeah. I believe it's thirty three games in a row now. You, you ready for what my modern exterminating? We know what's bugging you is this week. What's that? N- nothing to do with the women because they keep winning, okay. and so they're not bugging me. You know, nothing That's what's, that they. So what's bugging you this week is nothing's bugging. Nothing's you about bugging the women. me. People, I, what's gonna be bugging me this week is people complaining about this game, even though they just did something like if you want to have an undefeated season. Which you is what win. we, which is what we want these women to do, and this team to do. You're gonna play. You're not gonna play that game you played against LSU every night. You're gonna play bad. You're gonna go into crowds on the road where where you get their best game. You get a good home crowd, and you got to figure out how to win a basketball game. And guess what? The Gamecock women did today. They played to win the game, and they figured out how do to. Do you win. think Don makes that quote in the locker room? Uh, n- we no, play. No. To win the okay, game, okay, I, no, she doesn't do that. She's she is a way better coach than Herman Edwards ever was. But anyway, the women got at Tennessee this week, and I think Sunday will be the last game of the year of yeah. the regular season. Yeah, that's Georgia. That'll be senior night. Senior night oh, for man. Cook and Boston Saxton, it's, and I guess everyone can come back if they want to, except for Saxton. But who knows? But it's going to be an emotional it, it, night. It's going to be an emotional night, regardless. And uh, I'm curious as to who all they're going to honor. You, you know, now in this age of of going of going, I'm through. assuming they're going to honor everyone because none of them have their decision made up. That th- that's true, and they should honor everyone. And you know what? If Boston comes back, ah, let's honor her twice. You and know? as Dawn said, they'll sing "Happy Birthday" to her again. We, she we, comes back. We should start singing "Happy Birthday" on Senior Night just to give her just a, a little a, preview, a preview of of what we'll do. You know, when she comes back and, and plays on her birthday. Well, I can't believe we're at the last week of the women's regular season, and then the following week, you know, next pod we'll be talking SEC tournament. Yeah, that's yeah. wild. Yeah, um, and we'll be reacting to senior night, uh, you, you know, against UGA, which it'll next week it'll probably be an emotional pod, you, you know, like uh, I've, I mean, this is two years now of of where we've been doing a podcast about this women's team, and Bryce, we've I'm, only talked about two losses so far. We've only talked about two losses on the pod, and they were both at the buzzer, and um, you know what? It was almost three today, but they survived and uh, and kept winning. I've, this team has been really, really just enjoyable to follow, and and I've I've. It, Are you saying winning's fun? Yeah, like like in, in all sports of of all you know like like we we're obviously fans of other teams, not just we're not basketball only sports fans, but this might be one of my all time favorite teams that I've ever followed in my life. Like they're great. They're so much fun. To, the, the I love how much of a family they are. Sunday's going to be Sunday's going to be a, a a fun a bittersweet you, you know evening. Do you want me to tell you what my favorite thing about Carolina men's and women's basketball is? What's that? Weekends when they win. It's, it's great. It, it's a great day going into work Ooh. on Monday. Ooh, I, I'm I, still, I got no Sunday scaries. But my uh, I, I, I my heart's still like I, I I haven't even thought about work tomorrow. But uh but, And we have to give a shout out to Rushes who we I mean they Ooh. don't sponsor the show. But we tore down, tore up, tore down, tore up some rushes during that women's game. That's true. We this was a big game for us. Some rushes, doing a pot at halftime. Now coming down, doing a pot afterwards. Who anyway? Apologies about uh, about say we're feeling great. You know, starting out the pod and not even mentioning this. But uh, if you were if 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 you made it this far, and we're wondering and we're wondering about that. Well, 
this is why. All right. Well, thanks for listening to us this week. You can find us on GBO underscore pod on Twitter and Gamecock Basketball only at gmail.com. We will take your calls. Well, calls. We'll take your questions from our email anytime. You, If you email us, we will read it on the pod. GBO out. Go Cox.